Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Hi. Whose who's, uh, voice is in better shape today? I'm, my voice is fine. After how many? Six? six? <laughs> you might want to turn the volume levels down because that good morning just, woo. I got to wake people up. Yeah. I got to wake myself up. Wake both of us up. How you doing? I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> six homilies in one, you know, one day that I'll, you know, and two big masses. That's um, all, all in the job description, I guess. That's right. So it's out in the open. The, the worst kept secret is now uh, no longer a secret. I don't think it was a worst kept secret. There were a lot of people, obviously we're talking about the centennial, preparation for the centennial that I unveiled yesterday. There were a lot of people that were genuinely surprised. And with, that's a good thing. Um, and were surprised with all the planning that went into it. That were surprised with, you know, that, uh, you know, we, I guess we could still keep secrets around here. Not that it was a secret or anything like that. If somebody would have asked me, I'd go, yeah, right. we're planning to do this, we're planning to do that. Um, but yeah, no, it was, we had an overwhelmingly positive response. Um, it was it was a day. So we're going we're gonna to do a little inside baseball here, uh, peek behind the scenes of of uh, everything that went into, obviously, the, the not everything, not super detailed, but kind of how we, how we landed at this moment and landed on these projects. And wow, I just, I can't believe that. This, so so this dates before you. Yep. Obviously, some some of the finer details you know got fine tuned and and some new projects got added on. But we've been dreaming about what's the centennial going to look like. What what can we do to really commemorate one hundred? Not every day an institution turns a hundred. You know, so what can we do to commemorate and celebrate one hundred? Uh, and we've been going at this with parish council for. I think well, it was twenty eighteen is when I said that you guys first presented just something. about yeah. That Father Davis asked you and Lewis to present something, right? And it was which which means it'd been about a year before that that we've been no, no, thinking internally. Yeah, twenty nineteen is when I got here, and I yeah. believe I don't know if it was earlier that year or in twenty eighteen that you presented something yeah. to the parish council. I have to go look through the minutes, yep. but and that means that knowing Father Davis, who's very forward thinking, he was probably thinking about this in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen yep. when the parish celebrated the the ninetieth anniversary. Yep. There's still cars that have 90th anniversary magnets or bumper stickers or something. We're gonna have to update that soon. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention that yesterday. There will be there will be magnets. There the, will be probably next year. There will some, be swag. There will, there will be, be swag. Yeah, probably next year, the year <laughs> after. I don't want it. You know, done three years with the 100 on it. But as we get closer to 2026, I probably we'll get there by 2025 when the school turns 100 because it is a joint. If you notice the 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 logo, it it says Church Little Flower on top and then St. Teresa School on the bottom, uh, because it is a hundred for both. Now, Saint Teresa was founded a year before the parish, right. in September fifteenth, nineteen twenty-five. We were founded, and we don't have an exact date. Usually, parishes have an exact date. We've searched. Talk about the preparation. We've searched archives. We've asked people to search archives. We cannot find well, an you, exact date. You even found uh, Monsignor Comber's minutes book. Yeah, I was going to use it as a prop yesterday, but you know, and I there said, was, but there was nothing in there either. Uh, no, but that came later. No, well, there was, like, the parish historically has celebrated its anniversaries, like its milestone anniversaries, 25th, 50th, 60th, right. 75th, etc., around October, around the feast day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but that's when Monsignor Cumber took possession of the parish. But in his minutes, he came down to Coral Gables. Now, when I say he came down, remember, it's 1926, and the entire state of Florida is under one diocese, the Diocese of St. Augustine. So coming down from St. Augustine is, is first of all, even today, yeah. it's a trek yep. on, down I-95. And I-95 didn't exist. <laughs> and I-95 did not exist. Okay, so you're going down U.S. Highway, you know, Highway 1, what it was probably called at the time, oh. and those are Model Ts back then. So that is probably a day journey or, to, you know, I, I, who knows, could, be, could have been long. You may have stopped off at somebody else's church on the way over, oh. but... There is evidence that in the minute book that he, in his journal, 
that he started having meetings in April of 2026. So to give you some historical reference, this is before the Great Hurricane of 1926, which I believe happened around Labor Day. Not the Labor, I, mean, I don't want to confuse it with the Labor Day Hurricane of that happened in the mid 30s mm. in the Keys, but it did happen around you know obviously the height of hurricane season. So Monsignor Cumber was was already you know I think March we know that the parish was announced right. by by the Arch by the Bishop of Saint Augustine, but we all we, we've always celebrated in October. Like I said, we have a date of, of start for Saint Teresa, September 15, nineteen twenty five. Most parishes have a date right. of their founding. Because there's, you know, a letter from the archbishop or, or from a bishop saying this is when the parish starts, this is when it's be founded. We don't have it. In fact, Little Flower in Hollywood predates us by a year. They they celebrated a big big mass yesterday. Also nice. invited a bishop too. There you go. You know, but I can't have a bishop do my dirty work. <laughs> it would have been nice, you know. So, um, but no, they predate. So we together we went. You know, I I I, I talked to the pastor who was you know who you were in seminary with Javier Barreto. Um, and uh, we tried looking for things, and we couldn't find Nothing. exact date, not even for him. Oh, well. So just 1926. That's 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 what it is. Yeah. But it, it was cool finding. We found that journal this this summer. This summer, yeah. you know. So talk about homiletic uh, gymnastics. <laughs> do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> you know, you didn't preach it enough, so we're gonna revisit it one more time. Right. So what, what was that like prepping? And, and I know you. I don't want to say you hate doing it. But I know you're not the most comfortable. No, well, here you know the, you you prefer you're a priest. You pre, you prefer to just preach the word of God, yeah, and and not necessarily have to wedge in. You know, give me give me money, please. <laughs> right, uh, that um, which on its own is not very comfortable. It's so not, I can't it's even not, imagine doing it. From, it's not very comfortable, and, and your wife does it for a living. <laughs> well, know? not anymore. Now, no, no, she does. She's moved on. <laughs> People ask her for money. Anyhow. Um, it, it it was tricky. I know that it was something that had been weighing on my mind for some time. It had been something that I obviously had to take to prayer a lot. I don't think I had started a homily so early, at least in my mind. Right. Like, for example, just to, you know, and, and I may have discussed this before on this podcast, but, you know, usually sometime in the middle of the week, I'll glance at the readings and start thinking about them. Bishop Eterno, I talked about him earlier. He was one that celebrated Mass in Little Flower Hollywood yesterday. Um, he always, you know, advised people to look at the homilies on Monday morning. I mean, look at the readings for the next Sunday on Monday morning, yep. and then during the week, you're you're thinking about things. And I said, you know, this experience may, you know, a good, this is a good story to, you know, bring into the homily or this idea, you know, and jot it down. And so that's what I've been doing. And you could ask Jorge, my my. Desk was littered with post-it yep. notes. You know, it looked like, and, we, and we've had this circled for months. This, you know, no, like no, we, we knew month, this was no, this was, no, it's been circled for I'd say, I'd say over a year. We knew we knew we were going public on on, a, on the, the first of October yep. of twenty twenty two, uh, twenty twenty three. I would say that we decided this sometime middle of last year that we were going to go and, public with this yeah. on this date. So. And contact. This was supposed to happen much earlier. No, yeah, this, but we got postponed by COVID, and right. we didn't want to be asking for money so when, when, right out of COVID. When I got here, Father Davis tells me you're going to be the pastor. You know, God willing, because we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you're going to be the pastor in Centennial. If I don't make it there, I was a pastor who unleashed this on all of you. <laughs> but, but no. So this is something we started talking about in twenty, in early twenty twenty, in January. Yep. I remember having the first conversation with the city mayor about this, with Mayor Lago. And Sister Rosalie and I, we had that conversation. And and the conversation was like, yeah, it'd be nice to build a gym, you know, for the centennial. And it was like, okay, but it was kind of, and, and I have to agree, and we're going to talk about vanity in a, in, later on in the podcast, you know, it was like a vanity project, you know, let's do it because we're St. Teresa. Right. You know, because, I mean, but also the kids needed needed a gym. Be indoor. We've had we had a rainout. We've had so many rainouts this year with basketball games and volleyball games. But it wasn't something that was needed. And I was a little apprehensive. It was just a, it was a good dream. It was a nice dream. And then COVID hit, so we just and we had done legwork. We had our lawyers look through city archives to see is there anything preventing us from building a gym? Is there any is there any restrictions? Are there any historical board restrictions? There wasn't any. So the green light was there. 
Then COVID hits. So that was the last thing on my mind yeah. during the pandemic. And obviously, I wasn't going to say during pandemic, hey, we're doing yeah. a we're launching a <laughs> centennial campaign. Um, and it wasn't until really early 20, you know, 2022 when we were visited for accreditation of our school that, and they told us, and I mentioned this in, in the homily yesterday, that they told us when we come back in seven years, you need to have a gym to be reaccredited. And that same thing happened to St. Brian Elementary. Now, during that time, obviously we kept having conversations and we had conversations with organ people, with people for the pews, conversations with, um, you know, um, who else, with, with the liturgical art, because we're, we're just not painting the church. And that's probably something I should have mentioned yesterday. This is why we're doing this this yep. morning and why, you know, why there this. will be several Q&A sessions in, right. in the coming months. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and, uh, but no, we, we, we're, we're just, we just didn't hire painters or, or, you know, to paint the inside of the church. We had liturgical artists because this is a church. Anyone can paint. But, you know, but we needed people who work inside churches, who specialize in painting churches and, and, and the detail that, that our sanctuary and our statues and our, the walls of our church deserve because they're, they're sacred, they're consecrated um, by Archbishop Hurley. So, yeah, and, and if I can, you know, one, sure. of the, one of the silver linings to come out of the pandemic, you know, as, as much as we hate to go back and revisit that, is because we became so detail-oriented with the, with the cleaning and the sanitizing and whatnot, we realized you know, in what shape, the, in how bad of a shape the pews were. You know, we realized how bad of a shape the Reredos was. Mm-hmm. You know how dusty it had become. Oh, we had a lot of downtime during the pandemic. Yeah, to, to you know, but, but because things. we were, that's not something you would normally clean. Right. You know, the the base of the statues where people would go and and touch. And touch yeah. You know, now now we had to start cleaning that, and we realized, oh man, this this needs some TLC here. You know, so so what started as, you know, and to, to go back to 2016, 2017, when we were forecasting, you know, what what would be a nice thing for the centennial? It was really just install a pipe organ. Because you know, we knew our current organ was already down to its last few years, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of anticipated we'll be lucky to make it to a hundred, so we need something. So just again, three more years, three more just, years. <laughs> in, but but in 2016, we were already thinking about yes, yeah. you know, and it was just a nice idea. Well, we're we're turning a hundred. It's church little flower. It's wedding central. People love to come here for for their baptisms for big masses. You know, let's put in a pipe organ the the way it should be. And that's really what started all this, and then that evolved into post-COVID, you know, realizing, man, we we need to touch up the sanctuary. We right. need to touch up. We need to redo the bases of the saints because the the paint is chipping. And like I said, we didn't want to just hire someone to come in and paint it. We wanted to do it right, and that, so we brought in these liturgical artists who, you know, their initial rendering is somewhere out there in the wild. Was a little overkill. It was um, ambitious. <laughs> no, it's not out there. It was, uh, Ashley had it on the on the, yeah, it's on, on the it's table. On, it's on one of the naming rights and pages. And I'm like, and I, I go, we really need to redo this because yeah. all three of the drawings and yeah. that naming rights, they're all initial drawings and nothing remote right. to what we're doing right now. The pipe organ was the initial the yep. original concept, the original concept of the gym, which doesn't look anything like yep. it today, and the ambitious, well, just to describe what, what the liturgical artists came back with, they took a picture of the church when they were there, and they said, okay, we could do this. And there was a lot of uh, busyness, I guess, yeah. is it would be the I word. Mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. It's nice. But uh, there is... But you this know, is why we sit with things. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, and, 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 my, and myself sitting with things and, and, and then talking then to other people. It back because and, it's not... Yeah. And, and I need to say this off the bat. This is not, not remotely a one-man show or this is what Father wants. Yeah. Remotely. Because what father, the only thing Father wants is people to be saved. That's it, okay. And but now sitting with people and say, Father, we need this. Father, we you know, and this is what we would like. And listening to parishioners and listening to my staff and listening to our parish council, this is how it evolved. So on St. Patrick's Day of 2022, so a year and a half ago, we sat with the Archbishop and we gave him. A presentation going over the history, and listen, no one knows the history of this archdiocese, yeah. and of each individual church more than the Archbishop, the Archbishop of Miami, Thomas Wensky, knew the name 
of the people who sold us or bequeathed us the convent, the oh, McShanes. Yeah. He knew off the top of his head, remembered that. Uh, knew the, the details of when the building we're currently sitting in, which was the original convent for right. the, Saint Joseph, the Sisters of St. Joseph, knew about that. Uh, so these are things that we had been discussing, and finally we gave him a formal presentation on St. Patrick's Day of, of uh, 2022, and he was all about it. And he says, absolutely. And I presented to him, and, and, and I mentioned this, I think, in only one of the masses when, because you know, all, all, all the masses like <laughs> blur together, but I think in one of the masses I mentioned that, that he was all about this, and he was the one that said, you know, that said, you know, absolutely, Little Flower should do this. Little Flower is capable of doing this. Uh, in fact, he added stuff. That wasn't there, and I didn't even mention yesterday. He asked us to raise half a million dollars because the oldest building on the property, I didn't know this until two months ago, yep. is yep. the priest's rectory. As we looked through the archives. <laughs> when we looked through the archives, we found the deed, the priest's rectory, which we thought was built in 1927, the same year that yep. Cumber Hall was built. No, it was built in 1924, so in a year, next year. 100th and anniversary. And it's definitely showing its age. And it's every, I mean, you talk about, you know, we have lead pipes in there for the for the plumbing. Electrical work is, is cloth wiring, which is not very safe. Thankfully, the walls are extraordinarily thick. Oh, yeah. If you want to hide right yeah, out of hurricane, that thing go to our high. house. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it is it is a fort. And it was one of the original spec homes built by George Merrick to show off to, you know, potential buyers here or investors in Coral Gables. And he sold it for a song to Monsignor Cumber in the early 30s, early to mid 30s. Because Monsignor Cumber, I found out also in his notes that he was living in the Biltmore. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yep. Hey. Rough uh, living, right? Rough. <laughs> I mean, I thought I had a rough across the street now, living down the Biltmore. Probably had a bike to come down and, you know, or came down in his cassock. It is fascinating to see those old pictures. It is. Where you're, you see the Biltmore straight shot. There's mm -hmm. nothing in between nothing the in church between. and the Biltmore. Yeah. Nothing. So we see the Archbishop, and he's very cognizant of, okay, the priest house needs yep. some upkeep. Great. Around that time, also we proposed to him something that we did not want to be part of the centennial because it, it would it was it was too ambitious. Was uh, the the new convent for the sisters, yep. which we were able to do fairly quickly, yep. and thankfully it was it was a land swap, which we did. So we sat with the archbishop, and what we told him was, listen, and I, I said, like I said, I only mentioned this in one mass yesterday. I believe it was the twelve thirty. I go this. This church does not belong. I mean, even though canonically, I have the paper that says uh, you are the pastor oh. of the church, of Little Flower. The church is not the parish does not belong to me. It belongs to all of you. It belongs to the parishioners of Little Flower. Uh, so, but but in essence, it's a church that belongs to the entire archdiocese because it's so iconic, because it is, it is such an, an architectural masterpiece, and. Yes, a pastor has every authority, God help us, to say, I want to paint the, the wall purple. And, and at no point did I ever want to paint the wall purple. I'm just throwing it out there. Although the wall was blue at one point. It was baby blue at one point. <laughs> We're talking about the, the big the big wall around the railroad. Was the, behind yeah, the, the sanctuary. The, yeah, behind it was baby blue. Baby blue. So it used to be white when, when, when it was open. So I said to him, I don't want to make decisions, you know, on my own because this really belongs to you. And so he's the one that recommended look for a liturgical artist to, and I think we had already uh, had thought about that, and see and ask them, you know, give a proposal and and see what they could do and see what they are willing to do and and uh, and we come back with that. So and then the big part about you know the multi-purpose center with the gym that's necessary, and that was about a month before we heard that it was needed yep. for reaccreditation and. Seven years time around 2028 2029 so yeah that, he, that was the divine providence saying right. do it yeah, exactly <laughs> also helps us with now the city now there's no choice <laughs> right but the, when we came with the pipe organ uh he was very open to it as as an admirer of of good liturgy and and good music and you know sister elizabeth worley who has who is a great singer uh has as you know Remember many of masses when I was young, when I was a seminarian. She was a cantor at, at a lot of ordinations, and 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 has a soft spot for music. Now she's she's the CEO of the archdiocese. She runs 
the purse strings in the archdiocese. And she could go and pick apart any project you present. But when we told her about the pipe organ, she goes, it's about time that church puts a proper organ in there. That's ex her exact <laughs> words. And so it is something that could not be done in the past because when they built the church in 1952, uh, and we have the daughter of the the first organist of our church has been has been consulting us on all the, on all these things with the pipe organ. Uh, they they didn't have the funds to to build a proper organ. You think oh an organ just just put you know put some pipes up? I go no, it's it's a lot more intricate. Very very as detailed. we as we found out a couple weeks ago. Remember a couple weeks ago we teased in the podcast. You know, we just came back from Boston. We'll tell you in two weeks why we were in Boston. Ta -da. We were in Boston because <laughs> we were looking at the at the at, we went to visit the workshop where they're going to build yeah. by hand everything. Each individual so, piece. It's crazy. It's amazing. And so the Archbishop was very much in favor of that to have something unique, to have something that artistic, to have something that's like I said, speaks of God, that elevates our, our us to God. And you're saying, okay, well, why? What's the difference between the pipe organ and, and the organ we have now. Well, the organ we have now, and I mentioned this in, in, in most of the masses, is that it's not really a pipe organ. It's it's yeah, it's it has the console that's connected to a bunch of speakers in yep. the back. That there's about a hundred speakers. I said twenty something. It's a hundred speakers. Oh yeah, really? There's on um, so the, yeah. You, so you, pe people can't see this, but behind behind the sanctuary, behind the sanctuary there's a there's a huge storage area. Well, what was originally the choir loft. And there's a good 20, 30 speakers on the Wait, lower stop, level. Stop, stop, Let people take that in. Because people don't know that. Yeah. That, that was originally the choir level. Yep. The choir so would sit behind in the dark. They, they couldn't see anything. They I don't know how they did it. But if, I mean, one day when, when we clear that out, maybe we could take tours. some people back yeah. there. But you can actually see the old choir stands and, and yep. the little. Uh, the, the risers. The risers and, and, and the, uh, the little shelf to put the books in. You can actually still see that there. But on top of that, there's a concrete slab that runs all the way across. And there's even more speakers up top. And then we real we learned this summer. You, you've climbed up there. I, I have, haven't. I haven't gone. All, Rene has gone all the way up. Oh, okay. I went up about halfway. I said, yeah, this is this is good enough for me. I came down. <laughs> yeah, we climbed to the top of Harvard, though. We did. But that was, you know, that was. That uh, was fun. And then we learned this summer in the dome, there's another four or five speakers yes that i've that i've but i didn't know those were organ speakers yep because i see them every day when i consecrate yep and then there's even more speakers at the back of the church behind the fake pipes which i pointed out not all masses but in some masses that people were like oh really yeah. <laughs> i go wow that's deceiving i yep. don't know when they were put up there uh but they they're do, up there they do absolutely nothing they just, just kind of look pretty for show but so the pipe organ will Sound will come out of the pipes. And so I mentioned Harvard. We visited Harvard. We visited two churches. One was a chapel at Harvard, and one was an Anglican church in South Boston and Dorchester, and um, south of South Boston. And both beautiful organs built by the company that's going to build our organ. And my friends, I just have to tell you that when you hear that sacred sound coming out of that, that pipe organ, you just feel the movement in the spirit. You know, I... He, um, Lewis played All Creatures of Our Garden King, which was the opening, the, the entrance hymn yesterday. Uh, it was majestic. It was something that lifted it lifted you off the ground. And, I, and I've said this many times when I walked into the cathedral, and the cathedral has, I believe, a hybrid of a pipe that's half pipe and half electrical. You know, it was, it was in its better days than it is now back in 2001. It started in 2002. And when I walked into the cathedral the morning of my ordination, you felt that organ lifting you off the ground as you processed in to be ordained. And that's what, and I was shocked by this. When I presented this to the parents last Wednesday and Thursday, on Thursday, in the Thursday presentation, when I talked about the pipe organ and I made mention, what we want is when you walk in with your daughters to marry them in 10, 15 years, we want you to be lifted off the ground. And it in the in the in the place it spontaneously yeah. erupted in applause, which That's was awesome. which was like okay wow the parent I thought you know, I mean the parents I was basically talking about the multi-purpose center and the gym, no they they were all about it and so it's it's going to be absolutely beautiful when it's done. There's a scale model that they're that they're doing. If you want to see pictures of it, 
It's on our website, cotlf.org. All of this that we're talking about. Slash Centennial. Slash Centennial. Um, and also, <clears throat> in the, well, we're doing a QA. If you hear this on Monday morning or on Monday afternoon, we're doing one tonight at 7.30. And there, and there will be further Q&As and, and gatherings in the future to talk about these things because these things will evolve. So part of what they're doing, you're going to see a scale model one of the in, in one of the... And the pictures of the pipe That's organ, extraordinary, and the, they're the doing detail. a scale model with great detail. And as soon as they're done with it, because the pictures you're going to see are of an unfinished scale model, when they're done with it, they're going to ship it down to us to put in our vestibule to you know use it for Q and A's, use it for fundraising, and it's just extraordinary the detail that's gone into that and and the care. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about the house of God, and you think about it, you know. The time and effort that went into building this church back in 1951 and 52. And the time and effort went into building Cumber Hall in 27, which was done pretty quickly because they needed a church very, fast. Very fast. And cost not even a quarter million dollars <laughs> back in it's 1927. Uh, I have to say, one, one of my favorite parts of all the legwork leading up to this public announcement has been, you know, finding these little, these little nuggets in, uh, in the archives and like it costs that much and then they built it that fast and it's been fascinating. No. And, and you go back through the history because the same thing happened in my last parish. They built the initial churches, the temporary churches fairly quickly yep. and people were, because remember, and it's not a simple building either. No. Like it's, Cumber it's, Hall is very complex. It's not a uh, four walls. It's, it's got, it's got, Columns and Columns stairwells. And stairwells and in the back. Colonnades, and outdoors. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not simple at all. But I was saying, with everything in South Florida, because South Florida compared to the rest of the country is fairly new. Yep. It's only about 100 years old. Actually, you know, 125 years old-ish. Miami, the city of Miami was founded in 1896, and it was a small little town. It's own little hamlet down here where people came and go. It was filled with mosquitoes. So... Carl Gables was founded. We're going to be celebrating our centennial as Carl Gables yep. celebrates his centennial as the University of Miami okay. celebrates the centennial <laughs> as the Biltmore celebrates the yep. centennial. So we're getting ahead of all of them. Um, they don't have to raise money. So that's what they say. They could tax people. Yep. You know, so, but no, I'm sure the UM is always raising money. Uh, universities are. What'd you say? Your your alma mater, Boston College, is raising? Yeah, uh, we, we, I, was, I was laughing because I went to Saturday Mass. You know, we unveil $13 million campaign. So and, much, so much. And we're like, oh, man, how are we going to get to $13 million? We have a good plan in place, but, you know, you think 13 is big. And then I opened now X, Twitter, and there's a tweet from Boston College unveiling Greater Heights campaign, $3 billion. Think of, say that in the, the Dr. Evil, $3, three billion, billion. with a B, with a B billion dollars. dollars. And they already I have go, half of that already. They have 1.16. Get out. So I was like, 13 mil? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, out of the loose change that Boston College is raising. So all of this, my friends, is, is coming together, and we're doing it for the greater glory of God. And to go back to the, the question where he asked about homiletic gymnastics. Um, Half an hour later. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Okay, that's why we do this. We got inside baseball here. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was extraordinarily difficult to put something together to put ideas together and to have it come off as a homily. And the people that are closest to you, you know, especially when you're a priest, rarely say anything to you about your homilies. But when Father Andrew texts me, I actually I was sitting in front of you yesterday at your bar. Yeah. You know, or he owns a bar. I'm kidding. You know, at, at you know, <laughs> outside uh, I was on it's a, a glor- I, it's a glorified way to describe an outdoor yeah, kitchenette. It's an outdoor <laughs> kitchenette. So I was sitting in front of you, and I received this text from Father Aaron. I don't know if you noticed that I got a little teary-eyed. That um, he sends me a text. Let me read it. You know, I don't want to misquote Father Andrew. God forbid. He says to me, "Manny, your homily was very good. Did not feel like an appeal." Now, getting a compliment from a brother yeah. priest, that's. Uh, Father Uko, at the end of seven thirty, at the end of my homily at seven thirty, he stood up after I finished and says, "Father, don't go anywhere." I'm like, <laughs> and he goes, "Thank you. We needed to hear that." And I, it's a bad Father Uko impersonation. We needed to hear that, and this community 
is going to support you and please pray for him. I'm like, I needed that. Yep. Uh, my mother uh, was sent me a text also, and, and I'm not going to look at that. I just paraphrase it. <laughs> I know that wasn't easy for you because you don't like doing it. Yep. And then I was sitting in front of you with my sister this morning, yep. with my sister, who would, had happened to be, you know, you know, usually she's off with her kids and and, and happened to be at mass yesterday because uh, my brother-in-law and my nephews went off to see his mother. Uh, she was with my parents and she has more skin in the game because she did her first communion at that altar. Oh. Uh, she's the only one in my family that has received a sacrament at that at, in this church. And she heard this and, and she texted me this morning. She's like, I'm proud of you. I know that wasn't easy, but you made it sound easy. You made it sound... Nope. I go, it wasn't. <laughs> Even when I was going to 5.30 Mass, I'm like, I got to do one more. One more. I, I was at I was at Horsey's house yesterday afternoon. I'm leaving. And they're saying, why are you leaving her? And I'm like... To prepare I, I mentally. To, to, you know, to prepare. <laughs> I was with Ashley, and she had to prepare the, the church. It was a mess after 12.30 Mass. Flyers everywhere. But it was tough. And to you know loop it in and make it sound like a spiritual message... You know, the highlight of the message is this. What legacy are we leaving behind? Because you think about legacy and you say, okay, the legacy of Christ was the apostles. The legacy of the apostles is the church. And I always say this, that the apostles would have just stayed in the upper room and saying, oh, that was really cool. Jesus rose from the dead. They'd have no church. They had to go out. There was an urgency to the spread of the gospel, to, to announce the good news. And so they, they went out. Now, they couldn't build because they were being persecuted. And then when Constantine you know, converted in the 4th century, hey, here's all these temples that were erected for you know, the emperors or you know, palaces. Here, use them as churches. Okay, So we started off pretty grand, so we didn't have to build right away. And then kings would build as churches and stuff like that. And then, But here's the thing, in mission territory, people had to build churches. Not in Latin America, the Spanish crown built those. Right. But in many mission territories, like South Florida, I was talking about earlier about those pioneers come to South Florida and there was an urgency that they had to build quickly because everything was going around them quickly. Suburbs, houses, developments. But you know what? We need to build a church. I, remember, like I was saying, my last parish, they built the original church in less than a year. And these were military families that really weren't that well off. Military or airline families. That worked for Pan Am or Eastern Airlines. I just stated myself. So that was in the 1950s. Here's the 1920s. And they're doing this after the great hurricane of 26, which, by the way, happened on September 18th, 1926. Um, not Labor Day. Then they have, like I said yesterday, they had the Great Depression come along. And then they had World War II. So they built Cumber Hall, and they really wanted to build, and we have an early rendering of what Little Flower was supposed to look like, the, the, the current church. Nope. The dome was a little thinner. It was a little taller. It, taller. It had it, it had more. Wasn't round. Right. It had it. It had like like the base. Looked, the base. The was, base was uh, like an octagon. Like octagon. It yeah. looked like an octagon. Yeah. So you see, th there was an urgency to them to do this, but they had to wait twenty five years because of these challenges that the nation was going through. Even you know, locally, the, the recovering from the hurricane, where thousands died. You know. Nationally, the Great Depression, internationally, and then the the Second World War, where members of our parish and of our school went off and fought and died, and then said, "Okay, now 1951, let's let's build this majestic church," which was back then. You look around the diocese. I always say there are churches. I want to say Saint Anthony's in in. I always call Saint Anthony's like a little flower because it looks so much like the architecture of our church. But you look around, there, the churches were built kind of to, to mirror South Florida, yet Little Flower, Monsignor Cumber, wanted to build it in a Spanish Renaissance style. And that's what attracts so many people. And it was perfect for the architecture of Coral Gables, where everything is Mediterranean. So that is not something easy, and that's something that needs to be upkept. And now it comes to us today. Okay, the, this legacy we received from our founders now, 100 years later, what are we going to leave to the next generation or to the people that are going to be 100 years after us to say, okay, during the centennial, those folks did this. because, And I said it during the homily yesterday, and kind of like 
And sometimes a little abrasive about it, and I was like, it felt bad. It felt bad about how it came across. But it's like, yeah, we could just not do anything, and you know, just okay, just paint over those water stains, and just you know, maybe touch up here and there, and give Lewis a a Casio keyboard, and 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 go forward, and you know, and build four, you know, you know, put four prefab Mm -hmm. walls up in. And first of all, Cargill was wouldn't allow us to do that. But (laughs) but I'm just saying. We could, you know, get by. Like I, you know, we did the roof without mm-hmm. having to do a major campaign. Where in many parishes, doing a roof is like, wow, this year, is something. A year, yeah, several it takes years, years to, to do it. Oh. We in that church we visited in Dorchester in, in yeah. Massachusetts. They, they had to remodel it and redo the roof because it was falling apart, and yeah. that was a major campaign. So we can do those things, that, but that's too easy. But being a Christian is not supposed to be easy. Being a parishioner of this parish shouldn't be easy because we have legacy to uphold and a, and a, and a gospel to preach that predates us. Yeah, that's, we can't state that enough, you know, because it's, and it's been the, it's the tagline of the, of the campaign. It's been something that we've really emphasized, you know, if, if, now that it's public, you saw the buildup over these last several weeks to, to this public launch. As we went back and revisited, you know, those, uh, those early generations that built our parish, not just not just that built the church. Um, we're not t- talking about a building, but that built this parish, that built this community, which we now get to enjoy, which we are part of, you know, which, which is our small Christian community. To honor them, because, and you said it, you know, all the obstacles they had to face in 1951, they could have said, "Forget it. We're just going to do something simple," and and just. It's easier that stay, way. Or just stayed in Cumber or Hall. Or just stayed in Comber Hall and yeah. scrapped the original it plan. It looked like a church. Yeah. And, but Monsignor Comber, you know, said he was still around at the time, and he said, no, I, we, we not just I, you know, we want to build this church. You know, and, and they built a heck of a church, you know, and we, Father Davis has said it, the Archbishop has said it, we've said it multiple times. It's one of the crown jewels of the archdiocese. So everything that we're doing you know, it's not just doing something for the sake of doing it. You know, it's not just doing something because, you know, we're turning 100, so let's do something. No, there, there's a rhyme and a reason behind all of it, but not, none of it is simply looking forward. All of it has been, you know, let's look back and let's honor that. Let's honor that legacy. So when you see those original sketches, when we see those original proposals, you know, we scaled that back tremendously because we said, no, that's, it's beautiful on its own, but is that paying tribute to the legacy that was left to us? Yeah, and and the most fascinating part of all this is, you know, as we as we kind of get on closer to the final renderings, and especially with the new building over at the school, we show that to people, and the reaction is, oh, that's always been there. Mm-hmm. You know, we showed Lewis showed the rendering of the of the new building to someone who said, oh, I remember walking those hallways. And we said, no, that building doesn't exist yet. This is a <laughs> this is a digital rendering. He says, oh my God, it looks exactly like this building over here. It looks exactly like Comber Hall. You know, you look at the back of the church with the the sketch of the or the model of the organ, and you say, wow, that's that that's not there right now. You know, it it feels like it's always been there. You know, and that's part of this. That's part of this intentionality to honor our past. You know, where, where we've had the the uh, literary artists come in and look at the front of the church and look at the back of the church and say, "There's a disconnect here." You know, let's do something that's going to honor what we have in place. You know, as we as we build for the future. You know, and when you look at the when you look at the design of the of the pipe organ, when you look at the design of the balcony now, it complements you know this beautiful beautiful sanctuary that we have. You know, and the goal has always been from day one, we wanted to do something so where someone walks in the church, looks forward and looks back and says, what's new here? What's new here? Because we want it to feel natural and we want it to, again, to honor that legacy, you know, to, to honor what came before us. So it's not just let's do something for the sake of doing something. It's really let's look back. Let's look back at this incredible gift that was left to us. We haven't built anything in 70 years. You know, and it's time now. It's needed. It's again. We it's, refurbish things, right? You know, and as we were, 
as no, I was, well, we did. We, I mean, at least buildings. We, the only thing that we built is maybe the elevator in the school right. and built, and <laughs> very important, built the current altar in 1977. Right. That wasn't there when they built the church. Sure. You know, but, but as far as like big, big, you know, campaign worthy projects, you know, since the last refurbishment, there's been nothing. You know, I mean, there's there's been big projects that we've undertaken, but there hasn't been, you know, this big campaign sort of uh, sort of undertaking, which we're which we're doing now. You know, and I got to preview your your homily. You yeah, know? which is something I never. And it's funny because Saturday Saturday afternoon, you said, "All right, homily is locked and loaded, ready to go," and I, and I just laughed. I said, "Locked, haha!" You know, the Holy Spirit would like a word, and it, we yeah. didn't. It didn't even. And he had a word, <laughs> and and he did have a word. And as I was sitting in mass, r- listening to the to the readings, the second reading in particular, you know, Saint Paul, do do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves. Each looking out not for his own interests, but also for those of others. You know, and this isn't even a line that made it into your homily. That, well, no, that didn't. Not the, the previous, the previous line, line. The previous line made you know, it to my homily. And I said, "Wow." That right there is exactly what we're doing. You know, if we look at and, and to, to bring in the readings here, to bring in, you know, kind of bring this first segment to a close, I'll give Father the last word, obviously, but do nothing out of selfishness. You know, it may have started as a vanity project, you know, but then it quickly became a reality that we're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because we need it as a parish. We're doing it because we need it as a school. We, we need it for reaccreditation. We need it because the organ's about to, you know, to play its last note, and we we have to have something to play music, you know. And we're doing it for the next generation and the generation after that. You, know, you said it beautifully in your letter. What are we going to leave our children, and more importantly, our grandchildren, and the generation that comes after that? You know, and that's that's why the urgency to do it now, it, it, why it's our turn. You know, we the first legacy, the first. Several generations left us this glorious, glorious parish, and now it's our turn. You know, now it's our turn to leave, to honor that, and to leave our mark, building on our legacy for the next generation of parishioners. Hey, George, you should have given the homily this weekend. No, <laughs> that was awesome. So, yeah, he he noticed how the Holy Spirit worked. He focused on that. It's chapter two of Philipp, uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. He focused on verse three. I focused on verse two. I didn't mention it at the Mass that he attended on, on Saturday Vigil, uh, but that evening in prayer when I was, again, going over the readings, and hey, there's, there's, some, there's still something missing on this quote-unquote locked homily. <laughs> um, I focused on Paul telling the Philippians, complete my joy by being of the same mind, with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. Because I, I was saying, okay, we all need to be walking in the same direction. We all need to be in lockstep. Now I know it's not going to happen because everybody has opinions these days, and everybody wants things done, you know, differently. We had someone said, "Oh, but you, you're not, you know." We had an email last week. Oh, you, but you, you didn't consider this, and it never crossed our minds. Uh, and so everybody has. That's fine. Everybody, you know, that's how God made us. Made us. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. Everybody has. Different ideas, different different ways of looking at things, and, and we welcome that. But in terms of saying this is something we need to do for our parish and for our children is something that we all need to, and I pray that we all get on board and embrace. I said I talked about embracing this call. You know, it's something that I reluctantly had to take up as pastor. Like I said yesterday, I don't want to build anything. I just want to. Celebrate the sacraments. Like I said, only thing important to me is to save souls. But to save souls, I have to make sure that there's a church that's, you know, functioning. There's a church that's, you know, that isn't in disrepair. That there's a church where the roof is 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 not falling no. apart. That is beautiful to behold, and that it still speaks to the beauty of the divine, because of the examples I gave yesterday. So many people that are moved when they walk into little flower. Because we here's the thing: we receive so many visitors. Even you know, yesterday it was the first of October, so we had so many, um, so many people who were very devout to Saint Therese, who came from all over the diocese to go mainly the ten thirty mass, but pretty much in all our masses 
we had, there were a lot of St. Augustine exiles here yesterday, uh, which is right. We welcome them. You know, we have people, you know, like I always say, Father, and I always joke about, oh, they go over there, they go over here. We, as long as they go to Mass, we don't care. Um, but we had a lot of people that visited, and, and there was two ladies that were at the 530 Mass that came to school here years ago. I'm talking 60s. And came back because it was the Feast of St. Therese. Oh. Uh, and then when they, they heard me say Therese, I go, Father, isn't it St. Therese? I go, yeah, you're just pronouncing it like the French. But but it was interesting talking to them, and, and they were talking about how their father, I haven't told you the story, how their father did the molding work of in the church. Oh, well. That he built it. And I'm looking for his name up on the plaques. I couldn't find it. But it was so beautiful whenever we went that experience, but whenever we receive visitors, because all the weddings we do, people and all the funerals we do, people come and visit and they marvel at our church. People that come in from out of town for what we have so many that come come in from out of town. Or even the concert series. Concert series. People that stay at the Biltmore. You know, they go walking around the neighborhood. It's a beautiful neighborhood to walk around and they wander into our church and they were like well lewis, lewis loves to share the story of the busloads of uh, public school kids who come by for the when when seraphic fire does their concert it's probably the first time some of these kids have stepped inside a church and they just they walk in and i mean you just see their eyes widen and their jaw drops and they're just they can't help but look up and, and just be overwhelmed and that's so cool to see <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it's something that and then listen, I'm exhausted this morning. Before we turned the mics on, I said, Jorge, what are we going to talk about? He goes, no, let's talk about it. I go, I re- you know, it's like, I go, I already talked about this six times. And you're going on 46 minutes here. We never, we never, this first segment is never. So the second segment is going to be very short. Uh, but There's only one thing to say. So Yeah. So we're, we, we, we're just thankful that it was so well received. You know, I'm thankful uh, for the feedback that I got um, that has been very, encouraging that has been very uplifting that you know i felt felt a little bit like moses you know during one of those battles where he needed people to lift his arms up in order for the battle to go well because uh you know i'll say it uh both jorge and i who've been you know almost joined the hip on this and and louis cruz as well but especially jorge and i we've this last week has just been extraordinarily challenging um and and I told him this, I, and I told Lori when I walked into his office this morning, after str- I struggled through mass this morning, I was so so like so tired. Uh, but and I said this is all all Holy Spirit. Yep. Whatever I said this morning, I hope it made sense uh, on this feast of the guardian angels. And we really need our angels. But when I walked into Jorge's office this morning, I said, I go, you know, you're doing God's work, and you know, you're upsetting people downstairs when things in your in our own lives. Yep. Start to go sideways, and and that's the way it is, and that's across that the two of us embrace, and that and that and that our staff embraces, and that our sisters embrace, and I pray that you embrace as well because this isn't going to be easy, you know, uh, unless somebody you know wins the Powerball tonight or and, and hands me over a thirteen million dollar check, and then you you don't have to hear about this. You can again. put your name on everything. Yeah, but, but then we still. But here's the thing, then I still we still have to build. And there's, yeah. I mean, if the roof is still, but the roof is, is looks done. It's not really done. There's still like tiny little things. A few, wa- a few waterproofing. Yeah, uh, exactly. Finishing but touches. So if that's you know was causing me headaches over the summer, building a building, yeah. building a pipe organ, putting in new pews. We have mentioned the pews. Putting in new pews of total wood, all that stuff, and a timetable. So yeah, the, the money that may be the easiest part. So, uh, but nothing. Nothing that is worthy of the kingdom of God is supposed to be. Jesus told us that it was going to be hard. So let's embrace it. Let's embrace this call. Let's be of one mind. Remind, and, and, and you said it with that third verse. People may ask you, well, my children are leaving, or I'm, you know, I'm on the way out the door. What's in it for me? So, and, and you said it. Look after each other, looking out not for your own interests, but also everyone for those of others. We're doing this not for ourselves. We're doing it for people who have not been born yet. That when they celebrate the bicentennial of the parish, they'll be like, wow, 
you know, look at what our founders did. And look, and, and it's not like for them to thank us. We'll be right. dead. We want to be thanked. We just, <laughs> we want to be thanked in heaven. For sure. So this is why we need to embrace this. So we asked the intercession, like I asked, I invoked at the end of the mass, yesterday, at the end of the homily yesterday, invoked the intercession of our patron of St. Therese. And on this feast of the, of the guardian angels say, especially yeah. these two at this table. We're going to, we're going to make them work now. Yeah. Please <laughs> help us. We need it. And uh, go to C-O-T-L-F dot org slash centennial and find more information on this help us out make a pledge it's a three-year pledge and if you have any questions shoot us an email we'll be glad to answer them this is why this podcast exists so be of one heart be of one mind let us all walk together as we start our journey towards our centennial yes yes the you the you the you running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall sentence. of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? Audio quality so spectacular. Oh yeah. Get wild, Miami. That's right. That's right. Oh, it's blast from the past right here. The glory days. This is from what 2003, yeah. Yeah. I want to say 2003. But this sounds like something from the 80s, and it was only 20 <laughs> years ago, the early 2000s. That was it 97 or 2003 that we did that. I don't remember now. But still, it sounds like something very 80s. Yeah. But, wow. The Marlins are in the postseason. There we go. That was, that was a fun weekend. Oh, man. So, so we, went in this, we went into the last two series, last six games, thinking, man, we need to go. Like, five and one would be nice. Four and two might make it. So and we did four and two, right? We, we did. lost yesterday, but that yesterday didn't count. But We did four and one with an asterisk on the last game that... I know, but we lost. We lost one to. The, we got blown out in one of the. Oh games yeah, yeah. So, so we it went was four and two. Um, we went three and two with a one. Can we talk about Thursday? Let's talk about Thursday because I have thoughts about Thursday. Okay? Well, only it was three wins to all get right. in. Look at that. You know, I have a lot of pent up aggression over this weekend, so I need I need to get this out. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Thursday because you were asleep. I wasn't. Oh. Okay. The Mets. No, no, no. the Mets grounds crew. Oh. What's wrong with you people? No, but the whole organization. Even no, no, with no. Buck Showalter yesterday. Buck Showalter's amazing. Yeah, but do you, you see what happened? He yeah. Says, they, he, he says he's he's leaving, and then the Mets organization comes out to say, no, we fired him. It's like, can you get your, your they, act together? He said they gave him the option <laughs> to resign or to fire. What does it care? He's out of a job. Uh, and he's a hell of a manager. I'd, yeah. love him for the, I'd love him back on the Yankees. But Thursday night, after the debacle of Tuesday of not having the field ready to play, it wasn't a rainout on Tuesday. The field was not ready for play. Skip was very calm on Tuesday. Skip Schumacher should be manager of the year. Probably won't be, but should, should be, be a runaway manager of the year. Okay, with what he's got to work with and with all the injuries. When you yeah. have your Cy Young did not, even when he was healthy, did not didn't pitch not. like a Cy Young uh, nope. winner. Uh, and Yuri, and down the stretch, okay? But Tuesday, nothing. We can't play. So doubleheader on Wednesday. And you may have been, if you had to, if you had to play yesterday, you would have had to burn your game two starter yep. because you, you, you couldn't pitch him on Tuesday. So play the doubleheader on Wednesday, get waxed in the first game, and we pull one out late yep. in the second game. Then we can't buy a hit in the first game, waste a beautiful uh, outing by Jesus Luzardo. Best game he's ever pitched, yep. and we need that on. T- we need that tomorrow, and it's zero zero. And 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 this man across from me is texting me, just a run, anything. I go run. I, I just thought <laughs> for for a base runner, and the and the Mets take the lead, 
on, and you texted me, that's such a horrible single. Oh, excuse me, swing. Yeah, it was one nothing going into the ninth. Oh. Sorry, yeah, going into yeah, the yeah. ninth, top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. And then we come back, two to one, and then the rains came. The cafecito hit. Yeah, the rains came. And, and listen, God bless the people in New York who dealt with Horrible flooding. I had friends of mine that were stuck in their apartments or basements were flooded. Yep. And they would deal with unspeakable things. But that grounds crew, we had a window between 12 and 12.30 to get that game in. I was awake. I was watching this unfold. Yep. And Skip Schumacher was not having it. Because he did not want to go back to New York this morning. And that would have been comical. Oh. For them to go back to play probably... To play four outs. To play 10, ten minutes, minutes of, of baseball. baseball. Yep. It didn't hit, thankfully, because oh. we did our job. But here's my here's my gripe with the organization and with MLB. They knew about the rain. Mm-hmm. It was very well forecasted. I think the Yankees postponed their game or, or canceled no, the that Yankees day. Would hap- no, the Yankees earlier in the week, they were playing Arizona over the last weekend. And they moved an entire series outside of New no. York in Chicago. They, the Diamondbacks were playing Chicago White Sox. In the middle of the week, they no. moved that series from a Monday to Wednesday to a Tuesday to Thursday no. so that they could play a game against Arizona, who was in contention right. for a wild card, and they are a wild card, against the Yankees on Monday. And they played in in rain. No. Not a heavy rain, but they played in rain. No. Now, during all this... No. Nice but Thursday, game. the Thursday, we knew the rain was coming at 9-something. Nine, just move the game up half an hour. It's not like the people were. Gonna, I mean, the Mets were home all weekend. It's not yep. like it's the last game in the all season. Right, right. People, if the people would have showed up, we would have showed up, and that's it. Give them, give them a refund. Yep. It's the Mets. Nobody cares. Yep. But it's a team in postseason contention, and you're and you're but, messing with them. But you and I talked about this. If the, oh, roll, the flip, reverse the, the, the roles. The, yeah, exactly. Oh, if they'd the still Mets be talking were affected about it. By it and this happened in Miami, or this happened in Chicago, or this happened yep. in, you know, let's say uh, in Cleveland. Oh my goodness, the New York media wouldn't have shut up about yep. this, and th- that incompetent ground screw and all. But despite all these obstacles, yeah, everybody's doing the fish. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, it, it's we went into Pittsburgh. We had a job to do. We that first game we battled. Uh, second game. We like we're we're trying to knock down that door to blow it open. Yeah. We finally did blow it open. Uh, and he, and 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 oh, that, they weren't messing around. They said that this ends today. Yeah, they were like we're done with this. And there was still some question as to do we have to play today? No. Thankfully, Arizona lost yesterday, so it was a moot point. But if Arizona would have won yesterday, prevent the Astros from winning another t- division title. <laughs> don't get me started on that. The zombies that don't die. But if Arizona would have won yesterday. And it would have been like, okay, do the, you know, the Marlins would have been the sixth seed instead of the mm-hmm. fifth seed, and we would have had to go to Milwaukee. Now, I want your opinion. Did you want Milwaukee, and you, or, or did you want the Phillies? No, give me Philly. Really? It's more fun. Give me absolutely. You get the division rivalry. You, you know. Then you have Atlanta after that. That's fine. Bring it on. But I, I really, but I told you this yesterday. What did we say? The first section, the first segment, right? You, things nothing, that are hard. Nothing. Nothing that's worth I'm, doing. But that was about the kingdom of God. This is baseball. <laughs> You know, so, but the next. Yeah, but, but I mean, not that there's a easier uh, route to the world. Postseason is postseason. Anything can happen. It's all. It's all difficult. It's but, all who gets hot. But uh, but, but oh, yeah, give me the give me the big guns. Now, Jorge, we have two pitchers, <laughs> two that's, starting pitchers, Luzardo and Barrios. That's it. Sorry, Barrios. Barrios sorry, I was like, huh? Braxton Gar- Braxton <laughs> Garrett. I'm talking about our the Dolphins wide receiver. Braxton hey, we have Johnny Garrett. Cueto. <laughs> who, who really came through for he us did. in that second game he that did. we won? That's a, he's a, he's hot and cold, man. Unreliable. Okay, breaking news. Oh, here we go. Breaking news. Now, what you think? I'm I'm going to surprise you with this one. As you are recording this, Heat Media Day is happening. Oh, I don't care. Okay, we'll go back to baseball in a second. <laughs> but Jimmy showed up. Uh, with I'm going to show Jorge a picture of how Jimmy showed up for Media Day. And what his hairstyle looks like. Oh, goodness. Think of Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Is that about right? Is that yeah. a good... Is that a good... Is so, that a wig? I I don't know. <laughs> and he, has a, he has a piercing over his, eye, his, uh, his left eyebrow and in his nose. And are his nails painted? His nails are painted. And he's still... 
going to kick the crap out of everybody in the Eastern Conference. I got better last week because right. the bo- Portland GM is a spiteful man. Yep. Oh, we didn't get Dame. Ashley was in mourning all day that, I think it was Thursday when it broke or Wednesday. I don't remember now. The, the whole week just blurred together. And we didn't get Dame. But we have the Marlins. Ask me how high on the totem pole the Heat are right now. People are like, oh, it's basketball season. Let's uh, go bring no, it on. Go, we're in the middle of football season. <laughs> the, the baseball postseason starts tomorrow, and people want to talk about basketball. Football is still taking a my second, cousin, second. My cousin well, cousin of mine had the greatest line last week when we lost Dame. And the line is, ask me if I care after the Super Bowl. And Jorge, what happens just right after the Super Bowl? Baseball season. Pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> At least for Jorge. I'll be focused on... The Canes making another run in the in the in the NCAA tournament. Heat hopefully making another run going into the playoffs. But, baseball. But right now it's about baseball, and we shall not talk so of Philly. You afraid of Philly? Uh, we handle we we won the season series. It should be fun. They, and here's here's why I don't mind playing Philly. They had our number the first half of the season, but we played them tough. Late. Citizens Bank Park is a tough place to play. And Atlanta, well, we swept we them. handled them. Yeah, but and they can't. weren't they weren't mailing it in. You, you, they were mailing it in. They were trying. No, no they weren't. So uh, I don't want, I don't want to hear the, that story either. But at the either. beginning of the season, oh, they, oh wow, those were brutal. But but look now at the it's, Phillies. Look at the Phillies. Hopefully, Jorge and I will be getting ready to go to a Marlins home game this time next week. But yeah. Anything can it's, happen. Can, it's just baseball po- get it's in just getting, the dance. It's, it's, just get in the dance. It's getting hot. So shall we speak of uh, what happened in Orchard Park yesterday? Uh, Dolphins lost. End of story. Nothing to say here. I said it last week. <laughs> you both predicted losses. Mm-hmm. You and Oh, you're looking at the thing. Yeah, we both predicted. But I was back in. You in, and Ash in, both in, had losses. On, on Labor that. Day weekend. Uh, yeah, we did. And I, you know, I, not th- I mean, I was confident going in. I didn't see the the first quarter in its entirety because I was finishing mass, but um, that's a tough. The, uh, Buffalo probably went in with the mentality, or I'm, we're sick about hearing the Dolphins. Everybody's crowning the Dolphins, and and I agree with them. Mike McDaniel and I said it last week in this podcast. Said last week when we went scored seventy was only our third. The seventy means nothing. Ashley and you were all about. We should have, should have gone for the record. Should, means nothing. Okay, it was only our third win. Buffalo was sick of us and probably taught us a thing or two about yep. ourselves. Namely, our defense stinks. Yep. Not impressed with Vic Fangio. Not a fan. Nice serving mm-hmm. of humble pie yesterday. You know, as I said that, thunder rolled outside <laughs> our office. Okay. Not a fan. And I said it last week, even though Denver, and I still have the stat sheet here on the table from last week's game and like mocking me. And I recorded an entire podcast. I've been sitting here for an hour. Looking at the statue, uh, I said it last week. We gave up way too many yards, even though we're not points, yards mm-hmm. to Russell Wilson. In fact, I'm looking for the, oh, I don't have the team stats. I only have the, uh, no, I do have the team stats. Denver, you know, Denver got a big chunks of yardage. They had 306 passing yards last week, and that's a garbage team. A garbage team. So, yeah, Buffalo, you know, proclaimed to the world, oh, we're the best team. Kansas City last night, another great team, had a trouble with the Jets. And the Jets were hosed so, true story. at the end. You, you said I make some crazy picks. I almost switched my pick. To the Jets? To the Jets. Why? I, for fun. For fun. And then I, we'd be tied this morning. And then uh, I looked at the score late yeah. at night, and I yeah. go, oh. Hey, yeah. Should I should I have changed my it, Zach Wilson <laughs> balled last night? I mean, I was I was I was I was like, wow, Zach Wilson. You he, know, I don't pick with my brain. <sighs> I just look at the teams. I'm like, ah, this one looks good. Jorge's leading me by one, one game, game. <laughs> and I thought it was two because when I looked at what everybody picked, when the when, oh, this was funny. This was very funny. I'm like, look at this idiot pick Tennessee over Cincinnati. Yeah, who Cincinnati? the heck picks Tennessee? Who picks Tennessee? And then he tells me, Father, you pick you pick Tennessee. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't, and and I and and Hori wants that game back. So because, I should have a two game lead because I said because I'm like I I'm, really I'm thought putting Cincinnati, an asterisk on this. Cincinnati should be worried. 
about Joe Burrow's calf. They're at the one and three. My goodness. For me, San Francisco is probably the most complete. Not only are they undefeated, but uh, Philadelphia yesterday had trouble putting away Washington. Needed a late field goal uh, in overtime to win that game. But the NFL, from week to week, you don't know what you're going to get. That's the beauty of the NFL. It's not college football. And speaking of college football, you know, we miss our Canes. They have Georgia Tech this Saturday night. And um, the blackout. The blackout. Nothing, you know, other than, you know, Dion, you know, getting waxed by USC, but then coming in late. But, it, you know, really, that game was put away. Oh. That game was put away early. Uh, poor one out for our Gators. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they went into Lexington and got oof, yeah. taken by the wood, you know, behind the woodshed. Wow. But, we're, what are you, 17, number 17? 17. 17 on the AP poll? In both. So, okay. We'll, we'll take that. Keep, up. You know, keep grinding away. Clemson, you know, went up to Syracuse, took care of business, and that's good because, and Texas A&M looked good and against Arkansas yep. and, and Jerry World they yep. played. So that's, and we manhandled that team. Yep. So keep going. We have Carolina on the road. We have Clemson well, here. They, they might have a game day for in Carolina, yeah, Ooh, there's some, there's we're both some, undefeated. There's been some uh, interesting whispers. Interesting. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, even though it's in Chapel Hill, what you want is, I mean, it would have been better if Clemson didn't have two losses and they would have come in here undefeated. No. That would have been a monster. I, I think still a monster game because Den- Clemson has a great defense. No. I almost said Denver has a great defense. <laughs> they do not. Statistically, they have the worst defense no. over four games in NFL history. But no, Clemson has a great defense, and I really want to see what we do. And hopefully, you know, this is Mario's team, not Manny Diaz's team, that after a bye, we didn't know what we we, yeah. we came back hungover. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. Georgia Tech lost to an, I forget now, I remember Father Andrew pointed it out. Um, I don't know. It was it was something, it, it, was, it was an inferior school that they yeah. lost to this past week. And we play them on, just take care of business. Yep, just take care of business. And move and, on. And let's roll. Okay. It's good to have them back. It is great to have them back. Uh, Inter-Miami really needs Messi. Well, he's supposedly injured. I mean. I, I haven't read anything, but I saw some headlines. You really haven't been painting it. We anything. had a trophy game last Wednesday, and he was in street clothes. And then this past week, a 1-1 draw yep. against New NYCFC it was a good, a good, a good match. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good stuff. That's a good place to wrap it up. And Jordi Alba is also injured. So, but we, get wild, Miami. Here we go. It's all about bring the fish. on Philly. It's all about the fish. Go ring the bell. That's right. Go put another crack in the Liberty Bell. How about that? Huh? You like that? Well, we got you a like bell. That? We got a bell of our own. You know. Can we? Can we? Can we finish with uh, props to Kim on these deadline pickups? Josh we would be. And- and, we wouldn't be sniffing the playoffs without those two they guys. They came up with both came up with big hits massive hits in on Friday and on Saturday. And Robertson finally looks like himself. Still has a Mets glove though. It, I know that's. Well, don't I was don't get me convince started. Me that it was a Marlins glove. No, no, it's not. It's blue and orange. Yeah, he's, worst he's combination upset. of colors. He's upset that the Yankees are in a nine in the postseason, and I pray today stuff starts happening in the Bronx, but <laughs> I don't think it will. So. Anyhow, speaking of legacy, that's a good legacy the Yankees have, right? Yeah. You know, 20, 28 cha- yeah, 27 championships. Uh, but we need to build the legacy of our, <laughs> keep building on our legacy here and keep building up beautiful things. So go to cotlf.org slash centennial. Look at all the one beautiful projects. Make a pledge, my friends. Please share this episode. We go inside the details of our centennial. Share with others. And uh, drop us a line if you want if you want your questions asked uh, answered. Excuse me, ask them; we shall answer. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.